Is that all right? How many of you need a word from the Lord? How many of you are? I'm going to be ready to feast. And it's okay if I bring this down because you know me. I'm going to end up down here anyway, so I may as well just station myself already. I love the fact that worship's going to be afterwards because it allows you to respond to God's word and worship and praise. And so, would you pass the notes out, please? Hallelujah. We're going to talk today about living the overflow and uh, to prime this can we go ahead and play the video this you can stand up and worship if you want no pressure but respond as your heart desires this is a fantastic worship team from down in louisiana of all places and i wanted you to enjoy this all right hallelujah that's the video right okay great all right turn it up please Turn it up, please. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 sing oh, 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 living in the overflow. We're covered by your love, moving with the Holy Ghost. You're more than enough. I'm walking in your free.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated if you want to. You don't have to, but... You know, I, I sense it as I was um, thinking of that song again. The Lord said, play it, ALC. I felt the Lord was saying because that is their future. That's where they're headed. Everything about this, everything about this video is where you're headed. Everything, everything is, it's, it's, it's about your freedom and, and your multi-ethnicity. I know that this church was initially founded as a, as a black church, but no more, says the Lord. No one said amen. Nobody said amen. No one said amen. God desires to bring all kinds of people here because he needs to get to them what is in the soil of this church. See, there's, there, there's fabulous nutrients in the soil of this church. This church was founded with precious soil. And their vitamins, their particular vitamins and particular essential amino acids and all kinds of wonderful things in the soil of this church that God needs to get to everybody. So is it okay if he allows everybody to enjoy it? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Are you sure it's okay? Yes. You can still celebrate Black History Month. You can still do that. But we'll also be celebrating Asian History Month. And we'll be celebrating Latino History Month. And we'll be celebrating Native American Indian. And we'll be celebrating European things. We'll be celebrating. That's the point. It's okay if we celebrate everyone that God made. Is, is that all right? I mean, it's okay if we enlarge our vision. I just really felt the Lord saying that's the future of ALC. Having church. So in Mark chapter 4, dear, where's my wife? Did you want to say something? I just want to make sure. Yes, I know you. Yes, I know, dear. Yes. I just want to share this with you, and this I've never seen before, and that is 1 Corinthians 13. First of all, it's so good to be in God's house. Amen. There's nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always a pleasure and a joy, but how many have read 1 Corinthians 13? Everybody, right? It's the love chapter. 
guess what? I saw something in there just last week that I've never seen before, and it just blessed me, and I want to share that with you, and that is verse 9 says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Think about that. In the world that we live today, love bears up. It doesn't shut down. It doesn't withdraw. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes and is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. And, you know, that just really encouraged me because I thought about Abraham. Abraham had a promise for 25 years. 25 years, folks. That's a long time to wait for something. That God said, it shall be. And guess what? When God says it shall be, it shall be. It may be 25 years, but it shall be. And we have always said Abraham and Sarah were our mother and father of the faith. But, you know, they are the mother and father of love, too. Because faith works by love. And the scripture clearly says that they endured everything without weakening. And he had faith, even in Romans 4, it says, and rather than weakening in his faith, even though he looked at his body and said, my body is 100 years old. How can this be? But he still continued to have faith and hope in the word of God without weakening. And the only way for that to happen is to be full of love. And how do we know that he loved God that much? Because he put his son on on the um, mountain and said, God, I give my only son to you. And God said, now I know. Have you ever been through a test? And God said, okay, now I know. And now you know what's in you. (laughs) So I just wanted to encourage you with that, that there's a lot going on in our world. But be strengthened by love and faith in our world today because... God's love never fails. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, maybe this will help you. Hey, hi, my friends. It's good to see you. Nice. So check it out. You know, maybe you're not aware of the history of your church. This will help you embrace the vision. This church was birthed and planted in your denomination, which is, maybe you don't know this, but it's okay. Am I making noise? Is this okay? Sounds like a little echo, but you know, it could be me. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Valentino. Thank you. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Okay, so did you hear that hearty laugh? Okay, so so back back in the early 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 20th century, uh, many great men and women of God came from the Caribbean, came to this area, uh, and and they wanted to join the assemblies of God, and they went. Now, of course, these are all you know black people. And so they went to the Assemblies of God, which was all vanilla. And uh, so chocolate visits vanilla. 
And, 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 the, and the assemblies of God said, no, you can't join us because we don't receive chocolate people. But, you know, now these Caribbeans are not, they're not prejudiced. They went to the assemblies of God and said, vanilla people, let us join you because we love God. We have the same doctrine, same heart, same missions, emphasis. You know, we want to reach the nations just like you. Let's do this together. And they said, we don't have chocolate people in our midst. Okay. So actually, for God to do what we just saw there, the Lord simply bringing it back around full circle and saying, this is what I originally wanted and what I put in the hearts of the leaders that founded UPCHE. Isn't that great? Yeah, isn't that awesome? They came with the right heart. They came with the right vision. They came, said, we should do this together. We should be together. We're better together. So do your thing, Lord. Amen? Amen. All right, so in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, there is this incredible passage that will talk to us about how to live in the overflow. Say it with me, Lord, Lord, I want to live in the overflow. How many of you really mean that? Really mean that? So let's, let's, let's take a walk through this wonderful parable called the parable of the sower. And in Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 9, Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 9, let's read, please. Listen, Jesus says, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root or root, depending on what part of the country you come from, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100 because they were living in the overflow. And he said to them, he or she who has ears to hear, let her and him hear. So we're going to go down to verse 13 where he revisits this parable because his disciples posed a question. They said, what does it mean? And he answers in verse 13. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? Huh? How then will you understand any or all the parables? So there's something special about this parable, which we'll revisit in a minute. So he explains, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with Pentecostal gladness. And uh, they, they have no root in themselves. Just make a lot of noise. And so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, because it will, 
for the word's sake, because of the word, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and just desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But here are those living in the overflow. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept the word, and bear fruit with that word, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Who wants to live in the overflow? Right? This describes what it is, how we walk it. And, and so look at your notes, please, that I provided you with. There's a reason why I packed in so much. You'll understand why right now. So let's look at some important background information. And I've also cited Matthew 13 and also Luke 8 there because those are parallel or actually identical parable, but with a little bit of a different uh, nuance here and there. But Matthew also provides us this parable, and Luke, you can read it later. So let's look at the important background information. Father, thank you in Jesus' name that your word does not return void. If we ever, if we ever require that promise, we need it right now. But thank you that your word has inherent power. Thank you that your word by itself is anointed. Lord, even if the preacher's not anointed, your word is always anointed. <laughs> oh my. So there's really no way we can ever lose receiving and listening to your word. If it is the word, it is that which will bring freedom. Because your word is truth. And you, you reminded us that the truth will set us free. So we expect freedom this morning. You also said you sent your word to heal us. So we expect healing this morning. You also said that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So we expect direction this morning. You also said that signs and wonders and miracles would follow the word. So we expect miracles this morning because we just heard it. When we live in the overflow, they're miracles. So we simply expect your word to work. We thank you that you stand over your word, Jeremiah says, and you're attentive to perform it. You also said that your word is like honey and the honeycomb. So it goes in sweet. You say, mmm, this sure is good. But once inside, the other prophet said, but it's like fire. <laughs> Shut up in your bones. So we expected to go in tasty morsels, but we expect some ginger feeling on the inside as your word works. Touching us and speaking to us and healing us and setting us free. So let your honey and your fire work even now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So number one, before we dive into this number one this parable describes 
four kinds of spiritual hearts, which will be abundantly clear once we dissect this parable, and levels of receptibility, levels of receptibility to the word of God. So as we hear Jesus talk about the ground and the seed being sown into the soil, the ground, the soil speaks of our heart. Say my heart. So God's always after the heart, always looking at the heart, always focused on the heart. He sows the seed into the heart. Number two, the parable explains that God's doing something with our hearts, but there's somebody else also wanting to get into our heart. This other person is the enemy, and this explains the four graduated strategies that the enemy employs to thwart the word of God in our hearts and lives. And so we're going to understand that uh, he comes first to steal. We'll look at that. He, he will revert to the second level of attack, which is stress if the stealing is, is unsuccessful. And if the stress still does not work, then he will be glad to put us into a slumber. And it'll be abundantly clear in a minute how this happens. So really, it's, it's three graduate strategies. Sorry about that. I'll change that later. So, so number three, number three, 1 John 3 and 9, just to help us understand the power of the seed. So the scripture says, whoever has been born of God does not sin. But the seed, but his seed, or that's God's seed, remains in him, and he cannot sin, or she cannot sin, because he has been born of God, she has been born of God. You, you need to understand how powerful the word of God is in you. You need to understand that the seed refers to the word of God, and it is masterfully potent that God's word in you will keep you. Five of you said yes. God's word in you will stabilize you. God's word in you will be an anchor to your soul. God's word in you will keep you in the worst storm. How many of you have been in some pretty bad storms before? What kept you? It was the word of God. Yes, it was. God will remind you. God will, will, will bring it into your face. God will confront you, and he'll say, don't believe what they're saying. That's not you. I know who you are. You're not weak. You're stronger than you know, right? The word will minister to you and will build you up. So, so John says, don't ever underestimate the power of the seed, which is the word of God. And, and then with that, now, let's consider this. Uh, Satan knows how powerful the seed is. But do we? God knows. Satan knows. But do we? Now, point number four, which is very helpful. The sower, we are told, sows the word. So we understand that that's the gospel. But it also refers to God's vision, God's destiny, God's calling, and God's purpose in our lives. So God sends the seed or the sperm that impregnates us. Can I tell you something? 
You have not been in worship if you've not been made pregnant. Worship, by definition, if you look at it in the Hebrew, every, every term for worship in the Hebrew refers to marital intimacy. You're supposed to get pregnant. Some of y'all said, I don't want to be pregnant. <laughs> this is a good kind of work, pregnant. Tell somebody it's a good kind of pregnant. Tell them, it's a good, it's a good kind of pregnant, all right? It's a good kind of pregnant. Right? So, so God will, in worship, God will impregnate you with wonderful things. Two of you said amen. Mm -hmm. As we worship him and open our hearts, and as, we, as David, David admonishes us to kiss the king, that as, as, as we make love to God in worship and give him ourselves, guess what? He will make us pregnant with vision and purpose and destiny. So as we sing later to, at, at the conclusion of the service, Please understand, it's not just sing along with Mitch or Virginia. We are coming to get pregnant. We are coming to be intimate. We are coming to draw near. It's a game changer if you understand that God wants to get you pregnant while you worship. And so, wow. Okay, so this scene, and, and uh, look, I, I provided you with verse 14 in the Living Bible. The farmer I talked about is anyone who brings God's message to others, trying to plant good seed within their lives. So number five, whenever God speaks, he speaks in seed form throughout Scripture. God and you can, you can go from Genesis to Revelation, is all about the seed. In Genesis, he says, plant the seeds. The first work God commanded all of us to do was to plant seeds. Because God himself is a farmer. And you are his wonderful plant. And it's, it's a wonderful thing that a seed is planted, but a, but a plant is produced. A tree is produced. A crop is produced. A harvest is produced. Wow. So when God's seed is received by us, it will bring forth a harvest if we guard over it. So let's watch this. Let's, let's understand this. Okay, so number six. This parable is basal, fundamental, rudimentary, foundational. Jesus himself says, Mark 4, 13, Do you mean to say that you don't understand my parable of the sower? That was the key parable. If you don't see what I'm trying to teach there, how will you be able to understand any of the others? So, so this parable is the filter through which you must view and interpret every other parable. And you will see
yourself how many times Jesus, it, when teaching parables, talks about the seed. Because, watch this, not only does it bring you to the gospel, to gospel salvation, the saving of your soul, the eternal life, but also when God has given you vision, he plants a seed in you. When he's speaking about your destiny, he plants a seed in you. When he wants to talk to you about your purpose, it will begin with a seed. When he's giving you a dream, it comes in seed form. How many of you are ready for the seed? Amen? Amen? So, so let's, let's walk through this, all right? So first he begins when explaining this. He says, he says I got to talk to you about a hard heart. A hard heart. Say hard heart. Okay? Very, very important. Uh, we, if you can, put verse 4 back up here, if you can, if you don't mind, verse 4. Give me verse 4 and, and verse 15. All right. Well, anyway, here we go. Okay, so, verse 4, let me read it again. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And then also, verse 15, where he explains. He's, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in the hearts. And Jesus is simply talking about the, the realities of sowing and reaping. And, and when a farmer sowed, invariably, when the seeds are thrown, invariably, and sometimes, sometimes the sacks of seeds were, were, connect, were put on the back of a donkey or some, a mule or a horse, and invariably, some seeds fell on the paths where people had walked on it, and it was hard. It wasn't intentional. It just happens. And so the seed falls on the hard ground, and it's impenetrable. It's simply impenetrable. But Jesus, remember, is talking about a heart and receptivity. So what kind of heart does this person have then? A hard heart. And the truth is, some of us have simply had our hearts walked on. Life has been rough. Has anybody had some rough days? Anybody had a rough week? Rough month? Rough year? <laughs> Decade? <laughs> Life? All right, so the point, the, the point is, if we're not careful, when life is hard, our heart can become hard. And so I've heard people say, I'm shutting everybody out. I'm keeping people out. But, uh, but unfortunately, you can't shut people out without also shutting God out. Relationships are interconnected. You, you can't say, I just have God, but I don't want people. No, you can't have God without people. Why? Because, because God comes through the cross. Say this with me. Put your hand out like this, please. Put your hand out like this. Say, the cross is both vertical 
and horizontal. I'm going to say it again. The cross is both vertical and horizontal. So you cannot just have a vertical relationship with God. He meets you also in the horizontal. So when you close your heart to others, you're also closing your heart to God. How many times has God used another human being to bless us, to speak to us, to comfort us? And it was God in them. It was God through them. But, but we can get hurt in life. Anybody been hurt in life? <laughs> At least 40, yeah? <laughs> we must make sure that we don't permit a hard heart because no matter how much God may want to give you the dream, it will bounce off the hard heart. It can't receive it. It's, th there is no way for it to be inseminated. It, 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 it can't get in. Oh, blessed. We can go home now. All right. Hallelujah. Can't get in. He, he wants, he's speaking the dream, but it can't get in because there's hardness of heart. So look, look at, uh, look here, the notes I gave you. Uh, the voice, the voice translation says, some people are, are the seed thrown onto the path and the tempter snaps up the word before it can even take root. Hear me again. He knows how important that seed is, even if you don't. Now also look, look at what the message translation says. Uh, the message also says right here, well, actually, I'm sorry, the New King James. Let's read it again. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. Say immediately. Say immediately. Say immediately. Say immediately. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Satan is frightened by the seed. He knows the value of it. He knows what it's going to produce. And it makes him shake in his boots. That's why when you decide to tithe, when you decide to tithe, some people have told me, I, I, I said yes to God in, in the area of tithing, went out to the parking lot, had a flat tire. You've got to understand, he comes immediately. He's afraid of you obeying God's word. He is traumatized by the fear that you will actually walk in what God has commanded you. God will tell you, you know, go home and love your wife. And she will be worse than ever. <laughs> what is that? Satan comes immediately. And he and the Lord will tell you to respect your husband. And he will be despicable that day. What's going on? It's about the seed. Are you all here? Yes. It's about the seed. He knows I can't afford to let that seed go deep. Let me come immediately before it can take root. And he comes 
immediately. Well, we're going to teach you how to live in the overflow. Don't worry about it. Number two. So first he talks about the hard heart. And then, then he talks about the hollow heart. The hollow heart. Verses five and six. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And it's explained in verses 16 and 17. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Oh, it's a charismatic moment. Oh, I feel the power. Oh, the tears are flowing. Oh, I felt something. Oh. But they have no root. They have no depth in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Now this, this parable explains better than any pastors I know. It explains your pastors. This parable. Because if you hang around them, you are forced to have depth. Both of them. He's going to make sure you aren't shaky, flaky. <laughs> He's going to make sure you are doctorally sound. He's going to make sure you are discipled. He's going to make sure that you, your roots go down deep. He's going to make sure there's, no, there's no, no mess in you. Am I wrong? How many of you have noticed that about your bishop? <laughs> that his entire approach is now look, no flakes, okay? Let's make sure you are solid. Let's make sure you are stable. Let's make sure you're well established. Let's make sure you're well grounded. I don't want anybody that Pentecostal prophetic stuff. I want to know you love God. Am I lying? And then he married Miss Pentecost. And so, and so she. And so she will make sure that you are unwavering. She will make sure that nothing, you may bend a little bit, but you will bounce back. She will make sure that you know how to weather any storm and come out on top. And, and, and she will make sure that you, don't, don't whimper too long around her. She will come running for you. Because you have to understand she does not have, well, let me explain. There's a difference between the gifts of encouragement and the gift of exhortation, all right? So she's an exhorter, right? So, so an encourager, when, when, when you find yourself in a calamity, in a mess, in a catastrophe, your hard time, the, the, the encourager comes and says, oh, 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 let me hold you. Let me rock you. Let me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get that from Dr. Virginia, all right? Because, because she's, she's an exhorter. What, what's the difference? The exhorter says, I really, I'm compassionate, I'm tender, I'm sensitive about what happened, but can we not do it again? And let me show you. Let me help you up. Now, the encourager, the encourager, 
The encourager never broaches the subject about getting up. They'll stay with you forever. But at some point, they need to pass the baton to Dr. Virginia. Because if, if, if you don't have someone like her in your life, you will keep falling into holes. She will keep you out of holes. And she will make you exercise when you don't want to. And she will, and, and you know, her favorite line is, you got to do the work, you got to do the work, you got to do the work, you got to do the work. And you don't want to, you want to cross it more. Because it feels good to cry. And she's like, come on, get up so that you don't have to cry anymore. So, so they, they prophetically typify this parable, which Jesus said was the most important. You can thank me later. Hallelujah. All right, so, so watch this. So uh, on your notes, in your notes, right? So I gave you the voice, and the voice says, one seed fell into rocky places where the soil was thin. It was not that there was not soil, but it was thin. And this is a, a geological fact in this part of the world. The soil was thin, so it sprang up quickly. But when the hot sun, because the sun will become hot, when the, at least in California, and when the hot sun scorched the fragile stems and leaves, the seedling withered because its roots didn't go deep in the soil. That's why your bishop, will, if you're around him, you're going to be in classes. You, you're going to be in the discipleship process. You, you're, you're, you're going to be in training so that you are not shallow or hollow. Two of you are happy about that. Only two of you. Only two of you. Only two of you. But understand the devil is coming. The devil's coming. If he can't steal... If you can't steal the seed, he comes to make you shallow. He said, I tried to steal it. I tried to say, okay, that didn't work. Let's go to level two attack. So you're in church, you know, you're coming, but you're shallow. You have a hollow faith. Because things are going to happen. How many of you know stuff happens, right? Okay, so verse 16, verse 16, others are sown, right here in your notes, others are sown, others are the seed thrown among the rocks. Those people hear the word and receive it immediately with joy and enthusiasm, but without deep roots. Doubt and trouble and persecution will make you stumble and it will wither your faith. Without deep roots, They are the most precious gift to us. They force us to have deep roots. They won't tolerate shallow roots. So never get mad at them when they are requiring you to pursue the Lord for deep roots because they are saving your soul. And they are making sure you don't lose your harvest. That was a good time to say amen. I mean, I just... Gave you a gift. That was a good time to say amen. 
that was a good time to say, pastors, we really love you. That, I, 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 I set it up for you. Okay, all right. Okay. Then, there was the hurried heart. First, the hard heart, then the hollow heart, and then the hurried heart. And this is where we're going to look deeply. So the hurried heart, Jesus said, is in verses 7 and 18, 19. So verse 7, and some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it, hear me, it yielded no crop, okay? Please hear me. It yielded no crop. So notice that in all these three scenarios, the devil's goal is so you will produce nothing. But it states it emphatically here, you produce nothing. Verse, right? So verse, verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are thorns who hear the word. And the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and watch, it becomes unfruitful. The word was wasted. The, the word was fruitless. The seed did nothing in you or me. It was choked. So look at your notes, please. Right. Verse, verse 7, the voice, one of the seeds fell among the weeds and thorns which crowded the seedling out of producing a crop. Now watch this, okay? So, so you, you have the true, the true plant, but it's surrounded by weeds. And, and they both are vying for the nutrients in the soil. But the weeds win. If you allow the weeds to be there, they overpower the true plant. And they steal the vital nutrients and essential life, life um, food that the plant, the real plant needs. Uh, and, and then the real plant dies. But the weeds live. Verse 18. Uh, please. Look at your notes, verse 18 in the voice. Some seeds of the seed tossed among weeds and brambles. The word has reached them, but the things of this life, the, the worries, the drive for more and more. Oh, I'm in the house. I'm in Cambridge. We're in Boston. We're in New England right now. But the drive for more and more. Oh, the drive for more and more. Oh, the drive for more and more. The drive for more and more educationally. The drive for more and more financially. The drive for more and more relationally. The drive for more and more, more and more, more vocationally, more and 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 more. And the desire for other things. These things cluster around and they close and they choke the life of God out of them until even they produce nothing because they can't produce. Now, remember, the devil is not able to steal it. The devil, they, watch this, they even progress beyond 
being a shallow or hollow Christian. So, presumably, they're, they're mature. They've been through all the classes Bishop has offered. And that's a lot. Hallelujah. That's, that, that's. You would think, watch this, you would think that you would now be producing. But you're still producing nothing. You mean I went through all those classes for nothing? Well, let's look at the message translation. Uh, the seed cast in the weeds represents the ones who hear the kingdom news, but are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. Worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. The stress strangles what they heard, and nothing comes of it. Now, please understand that I, I discovered when I, when I became an adult, especially after I got married, I, 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 I thought I was a good Christian until I got married. And so <laughs> I was exposed after I got married. I mean, the, 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 the first thing God did to me that just terrified me, like the second day in the marriage, was he said, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. Mm -hmm. and, and just verse 4, as he begins to define love, it says, love is patient. But, but in the King James, that's, remember, that's all we knew. It says long-suffering. <laughs> patience more, is more nuanced, you know, but long-suffering. In other words, you're going to suffer a long time. <laughs> you're going to suffer a long If you love somebody, you're going to suffer a long time. And, 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 and be kind. I was like, Lord, now look, I can suffer, but I can't be kind at the same time. Come on, that's you asking for too much. Because I realized that I was impotent and incapable of loving and you know, being kind and, and, and long-suffering like who wants to suffer? Who signed up for suffering? You did. Dum dum da dum. Dum dum da dum. Dum dum da dum. Dum da dum. Dum da dum. You are and you and you and you walk to it. Dum dum da dum. I want to suffer. I want to suffer. Suffer to suffer to suffer. I want, and, and appropriately, you're crying coming down the aisle. I'm going, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer to suffer to. But, 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 okay, now, 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 please, please, please. I'm having fun, kind of. <laughs> Love is the greatest thing there is. Four of you agree. It's all right. It's all right. Love is the greatest thing. It's okay that we suffer. You know, so it's, it's all right because we need to get junk out of us. And, and, and suffering purifies us and makes our motives right. It takes away selfishness. And you ought to be saying amen right now. It, it takes away self-centeredness. It, 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 it takes away meanness. Love will, will, will cleanse us. Of wrong attitudes and wrong motives and 
of a wrong heart. So I'm happy for love. I need it, love. I need it. I desperately needed that in me. And my wife deserves a crown. And she will receive one in Jesus' name. So, see, now let's, 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 let's deal with this because, you see, you don't understand the power of worry. You really don't. Jesus said worries will strangle the word. And, and I discovered that I, by nature, am a worrier. I got it from my mother. Now, my father worries about nothing. When he should worry, he doesn't worry. My mother is incessant. And I discovered I'm her child. If it's not one thing, Brother Ron, I'll find something else. Once I get through one thing, I will look for something else. It's instinctive. I was like, wait, dude, you, you just got over that and you found something else already? But some of us are addicted to chaos. Some of us are addicted to mayhem. Some of us are peaceless. The Lord showed me I was peaceless. You're praying for it, singing about it, reading about it, but you're peaceless, Chandler. There's, a, there's an internal agitation. There's an internal unrest. There's an internal frenzy. I'm not the only one. But you need to understand that, that chronic worry, doctors tell us, will make your body shut down. It gets overloaded. And so to save itself, it becomes unresponsive. It simply mutes its voice. Your body will simply collapse and say, that's enough. I'm trying to survive here. I can't receive any more stimuli. The same thing spiritually. None of us can handle sustained stress. And we push ourselves, and we push ourselves, and we push ourselves, and we got to make more money. Got to get that other degree, and you already have nine. I got to get that other degree, and I got to, I got to, I got to get one more. And I got to, and we just, we just pressure, and we pressure, and and and, and eventually there is an un, unintended consequence. While you're doing all that, you have also become unfruitful in the kingdom. And you still go to church, and you still all the classes, and you even preach, and you even sing in the worship team, but you are unfruitful. You are unfruitful. There is no fruit. You're doing all the stuff we ask of you, but you're not bearing fruit. Because Jesus said, sustain worry strangles, asphyxiates the word. But you got to have something else and, and your kids have to have something else. My, my, my wife often comments about the kids in, in, in Kenya. 
We were there ministering and, 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 and literally, Dr. Virginia, they were kicking a rock. Literally kicking a rock and gleefully laughing and, and jumping and, and, and just giggling and they were kicking a rock. And, and they were playing baseball with a stick and a rock. And I mean, they were dirty. I mean, you know, snotty nose, but joyful. How are our kids? Your child will pressure you all year for that Christmas present and play with it five minutes. Five minutes. Five. If you get five, it's miraculous. They're worrying about getting that Christmas gift for months. What, mommy, are you going to get it for me? Mommy, are you going to get it for me? I told you, yes, mommy, are you sure you're going to get worrying for months and play with it for five minutes and it gets discarded. And we are nothing but big kids. When you get that degree, you're still dissatisfied. When you get that other relationship, the one that was going to make all the difference in the world, it was going to change you. If only you could get that. If only. Oh, he's the one. Oh. He's the one to make you suffer. Pining and, and I, oh, this is, this is going to gonna change me. No, no. Nothing changes you but the peace of God. It is, it is so important. You know, God, God took me over to, to Dubai uh, and, 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 and Bishop and, and Dr. Virginia and the other pastors got together. And you all helped me. You all gave offerings. And you helped them so into me to take this cruise for 20 days. And, and, and I chose it intentionally because it only had four or five port stops because I wanted, you know, just to sequester myself and, and detach. And cruises are the best vacation for me because, because they force me to just stop because, because I'm, I'm, I'm too stingy to pay the exorbitant rates they want for Wi-Fi on the cruise. And so God knows, put me on a cruise and I surely will vacation, right? So... <laughs> he is all wise. He's all wise. But but I mean I sat down on cruises and 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 and, and my precious friends, you know, you all you all contributed and you, you gave me money to go on this cruise. And 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 it, it was not until I was born in the cruise bishop that I noticed the theme of the cruise. I didn't know. It's a Holy Land cruise. I had no idea it was a Holy Land cruise. I just wanted 20 days away. I don't care what the theme is. Take me out of here. And so we went to Jerusalem, we went to Haifa, we went to somewhere in Jordan, and blah, 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 blah. But the point is, while in Jerusalem, at the end of the day, and it was a Sabbath, it was, it was approaching the Sabbath, approaching the Sabbath, and at the end of the day, our, our secular cruise guy said something that was, that, was, that was the reason I went, the reason I, I had to go, the reason you had to help me go. The, 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 this female, secular, sarcastic, you know, Typical Jewish mama cruise guide. 
um, all, the, all the things that you would typify and, and imagine in a Jewish mother. And, and so at the end of the day, she says, if, you're gonna, if, you, if you want something to eat, you better get it now because this place shuts down, Sabbath time. There's nothing to eat. There's no one that's going to give you food. And so if you want something, you better get it. And then she said, because we Jews know that the Sabbath means just quit. Wow. Wow. And the Holy Ghost jumped all over those two words. And he said, I brought you here just to tell you that. Chandler, would you please just quit? Would you please? You, you know, the Sabbath is the one of the Ten Commandments that we all, we all break. We all break it. And so watch this. So we work, 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 Monday through Friday, many of us Saturday too. Work, 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 work. Got to get ahead, you know. Got to get that best grade. I got to write, you know, I got to get promoted. You know, I got to put in the time. And we work, we drive ourselves, we drive ourselves, we drive ourselves, we drive ourselves. And we tell ourselves, okay, God, I'm in school now. But as soon as I get through school, God, I'm going to serve you. And so, you know, we get out of school and say, well, God, I got a new job. And, you know, I have to put my best foot forward in this new job. So, Lord, after I get founded in my job, get established in my job, I'll serve you. Then, well, Lord, they told me they're going to make me a partner. And so, and so we, it, you know, it, just, it never stops. It never stops. And we just keep driving and driving and driving. And we are never fruitful to God. We are never fruitful because we don't have time and energy. I'm in the house. I don't care what you say. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. I'm in the house. We, we keep driving and keep driving. But, but the, the danger is you are never fruitful. And even though you make time to come to all the classes because Bishop requested it, you still don't apply anything because you are, you are just exhausted already. <laughs> I'm showing up, Bishop. <laughs> Bishop, did you see me? I'm here. I'm obedient. <laughs> but you are unfruitful. You please Bishop, but you're unfruitful to the king. But Lord, after, after I write this, and Lord, after I accomplish this, Lord, hold on, just give me, bless me to do this, Lord. I'm going to serve you with all my heart. But tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Do you know how many times in the scriptures Jesus went to a tree looking for a, some fruit and was angry that it wasn't there? You should have had fruit on you. Why don't you have fruit on you? Why don't you have fruit on you? You're supposed to have fruit on you, but there is no fruit on you because you are unfruitful. So really, with the worries he, he, he references, let's look at the quotes and, and believe it or not, I'm finished. Let's look at the quotes that I gave you. Instead of loving people and using money, people often love money and use people. Look what Watchman Nee, the great Chinese 
preacher, watchman needs author. One gains by losing self for others, not by hoarding for oneself. One gains by losing self for others, not by hoarding for oneself. The pursuit of things robs me of investing more in the work of Christ. I'm chasing things. And, and so I can't give God what he needs because I'm invested. I'm too invested. I mean, you, you, you took out that big loan that God didn't tell you to sign in the first place. And it's been nothing but stress, stress, stress. Lord, why do I not have any peace? Because you signed that loan, I didn't tell you to. Oh, blessed be the name. You, 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 you signed on the dotted line. You entered into that agreement. I didn't tell you to go on partner with, partnership with that person. You didn't ask me. And now it's hell. And it's wrecking your life. But you didn't ask me in the first place. Jack Hiles said, right, the pursuit of these things robs us of investing more in the work of Christ. Listen, what uh, the next one. Some people are, are so poor, all they have is money. I wonder if Jesus loves you and me enough to come to us like he did to the rich young ruler who answered all the questions perfectly that Jesus posed to him. And then he said, I've done all these things since I've been a youth. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. And Jesus said to him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. To be saved? To follow Jesus? That's what he said to this young man. I wonder what he would say to us. What's the one thing we're holding on to that's hindering us? We are madly successful. But what's the one thing you're holding on to that's jeopardizing your faith? And Jesus said, you know, Wealth is so alluring, it's intoxicating, it, 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 it just woos us, and you know, it, 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 it's, it's like a siren. Wealth is like a siren. We've got, we got to have more. We, you know, and of course, you know, but it's okay to have it, right? Oh, you know, Lord, bless me, right? Lord, you want to bless me. Yeah, he wants to bless you to make it into the kingdom. And, and sometimes there are things we must surrender. We must give up we must lay down because it will infringe upon or walk with Christ and I can't tell you what that is in your life but I know what it is in mine and we explain it we justify it we give us extemporaneous talks about why this is okay and Jesus is saying I want you to give that up so you can have me three you said mm. finally uh, the healthy heart where there is the living and the overflow 
in your notes, but those last seeds, those sown into good soil, those people hear the word, accept it, meditate on it, act on it, and they bear fruit. They hear the word, they accept it, they meditate on it, they act on it, they bear fruit. Most of us are too busy to do that. We're just, and we're too tired. We are, we are exhausted. We can't, we can't meditate. Most of us, most of us, if we stop for a minute to pray, in a minute. Excuse me, Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, glory, God. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. Let me give you my best. Right, right, your best. Your best. But because we violate the Sabbath, so now for me on the Sabbath, after, after preaching on Sunday night, wherever I am, I, I, I can't do anything. He won't let me do email. He won't let me do text. He won't let me respond. But on Monday, I don't call anybody back because God said, you have to quit, Chandler. You, you're driving yourself. And, 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 and God put this in his law because he knows we need one day to just stop. If we don't, we're going to get sick prematurely. If we don't learn how to stop, stop. The Lord said, just quit, Chandler. Just quit, Chandler. Just quit, Chandler. I built this into the system so your body can be rejuvenated and regurgitated itself and, and refueled. You can't drive and drive and drive and not get sick. The Lord heal me. You could have avoided this. I don't counsel anybody on Mondays. I don't call anybody back on Mondays because, because I have to keep the Sabbath. God said, don't be in rebellion, Chandler, against me. Verse 20, but the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word, embrace it, and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. How many of you are ready for your wildest dreams? I am so ready. And then the voice says, in the parable of the sower, Matthew 13, he says, they grow in it. It's time for you to ask yourself this question, am I growing? Yeah, I've been to the classes, but is it bearing fruit? And let me tell you, it's not the class's fault. Is that you have not applied anything because in your defense, you're pooped. You're burning candles at both ends. You push, you, you drive, you don't stop, you don't rest, you don't take naps. You don't quit. Now, y'all usually give me more amens than this. Come on now. I understand, though. I understand. I understand. I understand. I don't, I'm not offended. I don't take it personally at all. These worries, this pursuit to get more. But doesn't God want me to have it? Yes, he does, but he wants you to have it in peace. He wants you to have it with joy. He wants you to love him, and he wants you to keep serving him and not, and not be out of the, out of, thank you, Pastor, out of, out of, you're just out of whack. I mean, it's, but I said, Lord, I said, Lord, am I fruitful, Lord? 
I'm doing everything I can for you, but Lord, am I fruitful? Am I calling some people back that you didn't tell me to call back? Because I have a need to be needed. Is there something else driving me, Lord, that is not you? Pastor, it's okay if we receive communion now. Can we do that as a part of our worship? Let's, let's, let's do that right now if we could. And, and I just want to encourage you to remember why we receive communion. This is a great time to do it. Why? Because Jesus said, do these things in remembrance of me. Let me say that again. Jesus said, do these things in remembrance of me. So he said, remember me. Okay, let's do that. In the midst of everything that we are trying to do, he said, pause and stop. <laughs> and remember me. Remember my body given for you. That saves you, that delivers you, and heals you. And then he said, remember my blood without which the body, the bread, wouldn't work because it provides cleansing of sin, washing away of everything wrong so we can be loved by God and we can be received by God and we can enter his presence and we can enjoy him. It took the blood. Tell somebody next to you, it took the blood. It took the blood. Someone had to pay for us. This is a great time, please, everyone. It's a great time to just stop and say, am I? Am I remembering Jesus? Or am I just trying to get security in, in a house and a new car? And trying to get ahead. I'm, I'm just trying to make sure my retirement is set up right. But have we stopped being fruitful? Aren't you glad that Jesus was fruitful for you? This is his fruit right here. He took out time to make sure, out of all the things he could have been doing, running the universe, he took out time to make sure you and I would be saved. He was running the universe, but he took out time. He altered his schedule. <laughs> He wrote us into his schedule to make sure that we could enjoy the blood and the bread, his body. So before we receive it, can we just pray? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, help us to remember you. Let this not just be a, another exercise in religion, but
may we actually stop. May we just quit and remember you. Some of us are thinking about what we're going to do afterwards, what we have to do today, what, what's required tomorrow. But Lord, help us just to quit right now. And remember you, that you gave your body for us. You suffered. Oh, you suffered. And you gave in that suffering your literal blood that we would be forgiven and we would be able to receive the tree of life. Hallelujah. So could we serve the emblems then, please? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, sir. Well, fantastic. Okay, great. Thank you, Bishop, for... Because of these emblems, we can live in the overflow. This is it. This is it. This is it. If we will guard our hearts from those things we talked about, we will live. There will be abundance. There will be a bountiful harvest. There will be multiplicity. There will be because we will position ourselves to keep growing. So come, please come and receive. Is there a song? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, my God, my has ransomed, has ransomed me. And like a flood, and like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost but now i'm found was blind but now i my chains my chains are gone i've been set free my God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. 
my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound saved a wretch like me. I once, I once was lost, but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. Um, my chains, my chains are gone. I've been set free. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, my God, my has ransomed me. Has ransomed me and like a flood, and like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, my chains, my chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. Like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace, amazing grace. Unending love, amazing grace. Unending love, amazing grace, amazing broken for us that we might be healed by his stripes we were healed and right now I just want to let you know what the Lord spoke to me he said for you that have been under chronic stress and it's affecting your body and your emotions and your mind there is healing in his body there is healing in his body if you are ready to repent of that kind of lifestyle, so I don't know how to do it, I don't know what, what it looks like, don't worry, he will explain. And after, after the worship, we, we will pray about this to, with individuals. Because this has to stop today. You have to have a new life today. Because it's time for you to live in the overflow. And God is going to supernaturally suddenly turn things around for you. God is going to wipe away the past and give you good ground in your life. Is that alright with you? But we must repent of that kind of lifestyle and say, God, I don't know how to do it. But Lord, I repent today. I want to do it. I'm ready. How many of you say that? Lord, Lord, I'm ready. I repent of chronic stress. An addiction to chaos, an addiction to busyness, an addiction to being workaholic. Lord, I want your peace that passes all understanding. Forgive me as I receive communion today. I remember you, that you forgive me and you wash away my sins. And so right now, 
take the bread right now. Just receive the healing. For whatever stress has done to you, receive your healing right now. God's forgiveness is immediate. His healing comes now in the name of Jesus. And, and to signify and, and, and to remember his blood and the forgiveness because some of you will be prone to leave here feeling guilty. You leave your guilt here at the altar. Hallelujah. He has not called you to feel guilty. He's called you to receive his blood and his forgiveness. So right now, say, Lord, as I drink the cup, which, which speaks to me, which symbolizes the forgiveness of sin, will wash it away of everything I've done wrong. And so God, as I drink, I agree with you that I am forgiven in Jesus' name. Let's drink. Hallelujah. I'm happy about forgiveness. I don't know about you. I'm thrilled with forgiveness. I love, I love being forgiven. Can we worship? I don't know what you do now. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're going to prepare to receive our offering and we're going to continue in worship. We're going to do things a little different today. Is that all right? Is that all right? Is that all right? Is that all right? You make me. You make me happy. You make me whole. 